making dark Isn't it funny how hard it is to start Making money, making art But you're not alone In the unknown of making money, making art Hello, hello! Welcome back to Making Money, Making Art, the podcast where we have transparent conversations with artists about money and dive deep on all aspects of creativity. I'm your host, Kate, and this morning I'm drinking some black coffee, French vanilla from Trader Joe's, in my hitchhiking ghost haunted mansion mug, and I'm debating the merits of having a snickerdoodle cookie to accompany it. Is it too early? Is now always the perfect time for a snickerdoodle? We shall see. I'm also wearing a uh, a new wrist brace. Uh, your girl's got writer's wrist. <laughs> I heard someone call it an kafod, or more accurately, I have carpal tunnel. It's in my left wrist, my non-dominant hand, which uh, isn't really what I expected, but alas, my new brace has become my best friend and my most trusted ally. Always close, always helping. <laughs> I think with a few more weeks of sleeping with it on, I'll be able to start doing some exercises and stretches and hopefully never have this happen again. And actually, taking care of ourselves is one of the topics I discuss with today's guest, the amazingly skilled and talented Maga Vidal. And I imagine you'll recognize her voice as she made this podcast jingle. It's so perfect. I love it so much. We have a bit of a gush fest at the beginning that I hope you don't mind too much as I found Maga to be absolutely hilarious. <laughs> She's also been documenting her process of writing a musical, using her live stream audience to test out her songs and pieces, submitting to contests and competitions. And the whole concept is just so freaking cool to me. She also works professionally as a podcast editor. So we're going to talk freelance, figuring out how to price yourself and a lot more in this episode. And I hope you have a fantastic time giggling along with us. I have some of your stuff pulled up here. So I'm excited to ask you all of the questions. I'm not going to lie. This, this, this is probably like the most vulnerable first date. I've I know. <laughs> it's so weird. Cause I feel like I know you pretty well at this point, Me but too. also like, this is the first time we're like, on like a live together versus... yeah like we have like just like and like our email chain is like 50 emails long yeah oh man I know and then I'm just gonna be interrogating you but it's, it's fine, fine. <laughs> it's fine okay so Micah are you ready to start I am I am Shall... so ready great we're gonna start with the the first question also okay no I'll just no just hit later. it Okay. <laughs> I was like, I you were moving and I was just like, every time I get to play the theme oh. song, it makes me so happy. So it, <laughs> I'm just like, yes. Okay. I literally, when I got your email, I was like, ah! <laughs> and I called my husband. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to gush now. This is like my unprofessional one minute, like in, in sound design school. Like one of the first lessons you learn is like, you cannot gush with a client. They are, they will see you as a fan and not as like an equal creative partner. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you, you get like 30 seconds and that's it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm claiming my time now. Okay. Okay. So this is 2019. Your, your, I can't remember if it was the Harry Potter video. It was probably the Harry Potter video that randomly appeared on my feed. And I was like, oh my God, she's writing something. That's cool. Oh, wait, she's writing a novel. She's documenting a process. Light bulb. <laughs> I was like, that's something people do? Literally life-changing. So I don't know yeah. if people have told you that, but it's just like, you, you sometimes you don't know how you touch and affect people. Yeah. But like that literal moment, I can like trace that moment of seeing your video in my feed to what I'm doing now. No, oh, like, I'm so glad. So I was like, I found my favorite YouTuber, you know, to my husband at the time. And he's like, okay, a couple years now. And I'm like, guess what? I wrote the music for her now. So <laughs> no big deal. Oh my God. That's so sweet. Thank you so for letting like me know. Full circle moment for yes. Me. Well, that's literally like, I think uh, my boyfriend's heard the theme song so many times now because I will literally just play it. <laughs> And then also, like, I'll just be singing it around the house, and my voice sounds nothing like yours, and I cannot. I'm do so honored. That literally like... makes my. <laughs> it's that great. literally makes. It's like, um, like if our if our significant others could talk, it would just be like, oh my god, not yeah. that Kate girl again. And I'm like, listen, 
finished her 2019 NaNoWriMo daily vlogs three years in a row. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Done. Profesh mode. Okay. So, Micah, the first question. Yes. We're going to dive in. How much money do you make from your creative endeavors? It's very interesting because it wasn't until I talked to you that you were like, no, you should include your freelance stuff as like creative stuff. And I was like, yeah, that is true. It was like a clickety moment for me because mm -hmm. I, I would say that I work part time as a freelance like editor, mixing engineer. Um, and then the other half of my time, excuse me, I'm able to dedicate to working on the musical, like pretty much straight off. I'm very lucky to have a very supportive husband who like is able to support my endeavors. I, you know, I worked corporate, like I graduated from college on Saturday and I had work on Monday. So it was just like, you know, I didn't have time to explore the creativity. So with that preface, I would say it ranges because um, as an audio editor, and you know this because you obviously make like internet content. So like sometimes the ad rates are better in December than they are in January. So like, I don't make any money from YouTube, but I do make money from Twitch. And so like, I would make maybe 150 every two months. So maybe $75 a month, but you only cash out plus a hundred. So it's mm -hmm. like, and then, um, you know, I make maybe 25 bucks on Patreon. So it's like very minuscule from like content stuff. So I do make the majority of my money from being an audio editor slash mixing engineer. Um, I edit for a podcast called Let's Go to Court. They are a true crime podcast and I am their full-time editor. So I edit one podcast episode a week and then on Patreon weeks, I do two episodes. So it's like very busy week and I get paid per the minute. So if the episode is three hours, I get paid more. If the episode's two hours, I get paid less. So I can range from a month. I could be making a thousand bucks a month to like 600 so it really yeah. is so fluid so again very privileged position to be married and like come into the marriage with some savings at first and then also like not have to worry about like a roof over my head yeah yeah we have very uh similar kind of like histories I guess where we both did mm -hmm. corporate and I also like my partner makes more than me so I'm very fortunate that like uh I would not be able to live in the house that I'm living in you yeah, know yeah, yeah. were it not exactly. for his income kind of thing um that is so interesting though I'm curious where did you how did they find you interesting okay so um I lived in Hawaii for a while when I first got married to my husband Max and then we moved out to San Diego and I had just gotten into true crime podcasts and I was on Reddit and I, somebody recommended it and I just really liked it. And I heard the whole podcast from the beginning and then they were just hiring an editor and I, I sent in my, literally, it was just like, I'm a random person. And on my resume, I put every inside joke that you would have to know from the podcast. So I was like, I, I, not only do I like love the show like I actually have the right skill set so then I sent like my audio portfolio and mixing portfolio and then yeah that's how I got the job it was just like um one of the hosts her name is Kristen Caruso but in the very beginning of the show it was like Kristen Pitts because she was going mm -hmm. by her maiden name so I put that in my resume I was like what are your special attributes I know Kristen's uh first name before like the the change like in episode 100 you know what I'm saying so it's like and yes, that means I also listened to like all the badly edited, badly mic'd first episodes, you know? So like, I, I, I'm like, I have a vision about what I think this should sound like. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, I can help you. Yeah, I was like, You're please. very much like long-time listener. I am, long time I am listener here. taking matters into my own hands. Yes. <laughs> That's really, it's just so smart to include all of those inside jokes and be like, no, really. I'm a fan, I promise, <laughs> and I know what y'all need and I can do it. How did you kind of negotiate your terms? You said you're paid by the minute, um, or was it something that they were like, this is the rate? Interesting. So I, I, I Googled online. I was like, what is your average like salary for an audio editor? And it really ranges because there's a lot of freelance, but then you have stuff like NPR, 
which is like the same skill set, like same podcast editing and stuff, but they like work different hours. Like I work however many hours it takes me to do it, but it's on me to do that. And so as someone who came from corporate and like was micromanaged to like the minute, I I was like, I do not want to get paid an hourly rate because then I have to, you know, if I'm working at midnight or if I'm a particular, because I'm a very fast editor. So like if what can take someone like 10 hours takes me four hours, I don't want to get paid less. So Mm -hmm. I was like, and then I also wanted to give them a little bit of flexibility because it felt like to me, like if if they're paying me to do a three hour podcast, then they need to understand that that's going to take way longer than like a two hour one. And I wanted them to like really consider you know like they have this running joke that like you know we pay the editor by the minute so like do we really need to like babble on forever so like what they do keep is like what they want to say which is really interesting as like a mode of podcasting the episodes are very long so if you like true really long like podcasts highly highly recommend um but yeah so I that's why I ended up deciding per minute and I originally I was making 75 cents or 85 cents a minute. I can't remember what I said because I felt like that was pretty fair. And then, you know, I've been working with them for three years. So now I'm like at the dollar a minute rate. So it wasn't like what I was getting paid at first, but it's definitely been like, you know, when I started, they had maybe one ad like in the podcast. Now they have three ads and 2,500 patrons. So it's like a little bit, you know, as like they've been growing, I've been getting paid more and it's like kind of leveling up on its own. Yeah, that's really nice. I'm sure um, that is an interesting dynamic and relationship change, maybe from your end more so than theirs, but like to go from being fully a fan to now like working with them and truly like, you know, creating the thing, helping to create the thing that, you know, people start listening to that you used to listen to. It's, it's really interesting Actually, there's there's two things I love about being an editor for the show. The first thing is I am the first person to listen to the episode, which I love. Like I still, I mean, I still listen to episodes, except if I made like a bad editing decision. Like my early episodes, I think are a little bit over edited because I was I was like I can definitely do it, and I'm just like, it's just just a difference between like video editing and and audio editing. When you when you are listening to a podcast, you do want it to feel like you're sitting at the table. And that means like you need the breaths, you need the space and and some ums for texture. Whereas like when you're watching a YouTube video, I don't need to see you breathe. I need the, you know, or I need the 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 B-roll. So I was editing the podcast at first, like a YouTube video, bad, bad. So like the first couple of of, of ones, and then we started to get a feel for it together. So in a way, I'm, there's some episodes where I'm like visibly cringing at my at my editing choice, which is good in a way because I'm like shows been, growth. Yeah, yeah, like I've edited over a hundred episodes now. Like we definitely have like a vibe and a skill and like the the pacing that we like, but like it takes a while to get there. So mm-hmm. and and the second thing that I love about it is just like being able to become part of the culture. Nobody knows me like and I think you do something very similar. Like I have like a, a stage name I and mean, I came from theater. So acting and, and stage names are super common pen names, even more so. So like online, I have a very different identity, but like they know me by like my, my maiden name. Cause like, girl, we got to pay taxes. We got to, you know, like, uh-huh. <laughs> like they're sending direct. I remember you sending me to my PayPal and I'm like, you're going to know my real name. now. <laughs> um, so it's, 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 you know, so like I've become part of the lore of there. Like, they'll be like, oh, it's the editor, blah, 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 blah. But they don't know that it's me. So I can just go like lurk in the discord and like, nobody knows that it's me, which is so it's so funny (laughs) that is fun oh my gosh so I have like several questions off of that but um one of them was you know because you obviously you made the theme song for this podcast so if people have been listening they'll recognize your voice Um, (laughs) and uh I know I tried to look up I also like trolled reddit too to see if I could uh find um information on like how much I should pay someone for a theme song because obviously it's not like this podcast was anything yet like I I, Mm -hmm. this is still only going to be like within the first 10 episodes that your pod your episode will go live kind of thing so I I, it's not like it had a built-in audience necessarily and they didn't know how much to pay you and so I was just looking everywhere to find it and it was actually I thought it was pretty challenging to find an actual 
number for that kind of thing. And I know um, from doing freelance writing that it's also difficult to learn what to set your own rates at. Um, So I just, I thought that was fascinating. I think it's so interesting you bring up rates because I think you probably experienced this way more on like the YouTuber end too, but like it's hard to set a rate where no one talks to each other. And Mm -hmm. so like I, it's, I came from a theater background. So like I didn't come from a music school background and that means that I didn't have like the money discussion. Like I had a money discussion on the engineering side, which is different from like creating a piece of music. So like I did have to kind of, google too to see like what rate should i accept and and sometimes i'll make my rate super high because i don't want to take the project on like that'll that'll i've I've literally done that where i'm like oh my rate's 500 dollars or my rate's like a thousand bucks i know that i'm nowhere near that level to ask for that but i don't want to do the project but i will i will like you know like if they want me to if they want to pay that much money then i guess i'll do it like yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) whereas like it just depends on like barrier entry and stuff but yeah like the rates are it's it's you don't want to be underpaid because you're going to be putting in so much work but at the same time you don't want to take yourself out of the running by maybe quote unquote overcharging so mm-hmm. i would say your rate was super fair um i would have done it for free but i do i do have one rule even even as like a person who does like i don't make a lot of money from what i do like again most of my money comes from like my freelance work but not from like the art that i do but like if i hire if someone makes art for me for like, for example, my Twitch stream, um, I hired uh, one of my Discord members, her name's Sophie. She's also a YouTuber actually. And um, she was like, I have these things for you. And I'm like, no, 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 I have to pay you because like, that's the only way that this can like, the, for any of us to rise up, you have to, even if we're sharing the same 40 bucks back and forth, that money's still moving, you know? Cause that's sometimes what it is, is like, oh, can you do this? It's like a barter system almost if you're trading within creatives. Then sometimes you'll get hired by like a corporate thing and they'll be like, oh, we want this. And it's like, okay, no, that's a hard rate for you. You have nothing to offer but money. So Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, it really is. That's what I, uh, you know, one of the things with setting rates for YouTube and stuff too, is I realized that if, and freelance writing was the same way, if you keep like kind of lowballing it, you end up helping to lowball it for everyone else and it's just a continued thing and then it's like you know if I don't pay you for you know the work that you've done for me then it's just like it just sets like such a bad precedent but I do think it's funny there's been a lot of instances of just passing the money around for- yeah where it's just been 40 bucks have gone and it's finally come back to me by the end of the year it's like oh yeah hey. <laughs> like if it was a cash and we each put each put our initials on it <laughs> it would eventually give back to me but it's just paypal money it's just this fake money yeah people <laughs> yes i'm interested in how you determine um because obviously it takes a lot of time to write a musical it takes a lot of time to write <laughs> so many different things how do you balance um you know how many jobs you take on with knowing you need a certain amount of time for the musical that, that is so interesting okay so my husband is very adamant that I, so, okay, Max and I have known each other since we were like 10. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we've been, and then we've been together 10 years. We've been married five this year. So it's like, he kind of knows like who I am, which really helps with the whole, like, I want to write a musical, which is a long-term project that might never actually get right. Cause like a musical is, is not finished until it's like produced in a theater for a paying audience, which is like a very interesting thing where it's like a book it's like I could like publish a book on Amazon and that could be like the end of my and that's not like any less than it's almost like it's almost like the the level of entry is so much lower for a novel than it is for like a musical so how do I balance it I don't I do very poorly but when I have my best weeks um I kind of split it up Monday Tuesday are like my working days like I am I'm I'm streaming because I'm my whole process is I'm streaming the process of writing a musical from start to finish. That means from like the very kernel of the very first idea, there's a stream for that. And hopefully, because it's going to be part of my contract, I'm going to stream the live finished product for people who have seen the whole thing. So that's kind of my thing. I want to make it accessible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going to the theater is very expensive, um, especially if you've ever been to New York. And I've never been to New York. I've been in more musicals that I've seen. Like, that's kind of my experience with theater. Yeah. It's easier to yeah. make it as an actor than it is to, like, 
physically go see it. So there's there's a lot of uh, theater as a white old person be- thing because it's just so expensive to go. So my whole thing is like making it as accessible as I can from like the inside out. So Monday, Tuesday, I'm streaming and I'm I'm writing for the most part. I try and be writing, whether it's outlining or writing songs. Like sometimes I'll just be writing on stream and I'll be like, all right, chat, here we go. And it's just like a raw demo of whatever I came up with. And then I get feedback, which is very nice because in the theater, the only way you know something lands is if you get a laugh or not. Mm-hmm. Then on Wednesday, I have a meeting with my tutor or mentor slash tutor. His name's John Mercurio. He's written a couple musicals himself. We actually met online. It's a whole story. And um, <laughs> we meet pretty much bi-weekly or weekly now, depending on how much I want to vamp up. And he checks with me every, every week. What have you written? What have you done? So it's like I have to have something every week because I'm showing up and I'm paying 40 bucks or 80 bucks to meet with him. So it's almost like if I don't show up, like we have a nice chat, but I've wasted $40, right? Mm-hmm. And he's one of the most talented people I've ever had the pleasure of, of knowing. So I don't want to waste his time either. And then Thursday, Friday, I'm editing for work because I get the podcast Wednesday night. I'm editing all day Thursday and Friday. And then I'm, I'm doing edits Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then it's back on the grind. It's like a never stopping thing. And then I try to take Saturday and Sundays. <laughs> I, I know, I know that you're on the same, like I try, um, you know, I, <laughs> I do my best. You you know, you know, watch a Kate vlog. If you don't know what it's like to struggle without working on it, just watch <laughs> a Kate vlog. <laughs> it really is such a challenge, especially when it's the kind of thing where it's like you really like what you're doing too yeah or it's like it's so easy to spiral and be like well I just want to work on it today and then you realize that you haven't taken a break day or a rest in like three weeks and you're like oh no that's probably not healthy yeah, and exactly. like <laughs> Max is like very uh, he's very good at separating work and play so like he comes back from work he'll do the stuff we need to do like after work for his like job he's done He's like, I have maxed out my day. Now it's time for me to actually rest, which will actually make me more productive the next day. Me, relaxation doesn't occur to me. I went to my mom's this weekend where Max was not there because I was staying with my mom and my sister. I edited five videos. (laughs) This was my birthday weekend. I went to see a show. I went out with my mom. And for the rest of the time, my mom was just like, just have fun. And what was my definition of fun with my sister? We went to Starbucks and we sat there for three hours and edited. I sat with her and we, you know, she was writing and I was editing. It's like, it is fun. But my God, girl, get a grip. No rest. Uh, (laughs) Your your sister's a writer too? Yeah. Funny enough. She's okay. Hi, Hera. I know you're going to listen to this now. <laughs> um, very, my sister is actually, we're twins. Okay. I was born three minutes first. We're fraternal twins. I love musical theater. So I drag my sister to see musicals. My sister on the complete opposite polar end drags me to go see metal shows because she's a metal head. So we are literally polar opposites. <laughs> So she writes for a couple of metal magazines, like freelance, like you. Um, and she also was writing novels a lot. She's never published any of that stuff. She just really writes for herself. Um, I've been trying to get her to do Nano with me ever since I found out about it. But she's just like, I'm not here to publish anything but like my 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 music writings about metal. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just, just lean into it. I know you're afraid. So, so yeah, my sister writes for... For that she does freelance writing like that that's so it's so very interesting cool. i'm sure it's really nice to be able to um share that kind of you know passion and interest in writing or creating or you know art appreciation with your siblings i know uh my brother david and i are working on a project together for camp yeah. and it's just like such a joy to get to hang out with him and just like talk writing and create a story together like when we were kids it's great <laughs> It's very interesting. My sister and I were not close growing up, but then we went to the same college. We had different roommates, like, and then our senior year of college, we lived together. And that was kind of like this kickoff of like a friendship. And so I, she's like my, my greatest creative collaborative partner. Like if I'm writing something, I'm like, she was the first person to read my script. Like she gives me fully detailed notes and that's kind of what I do for her too. So it's like almost, almost like a built-in soundboard 
and I'm sure you see this with your brother too, where it's just like, sometimes you don't have the time to give background. You just need feedback. Yeah. And it's like with your sibling, you don't need, they, they already share all your trauma. You just hand them the thing. And it's just like, you already know all the themes in this. Does it land? Yeah. And then when my sister cries, she's, she's not a crier. So like the end of the show, there was like, she has three points that made me cry. And I'm like, okay, we are keeping those. Everything else can go like that. You know? So it's just like having someone built in is mm-hmm. so, so good. Oh, that is wonderful. And um, I want to go back to actually something you said before that I thought was interesting because I often think of, uh, I've recently been mulling over this whole art versus content thing. And I I hate it when you make any of those types of videos. It literally (laughs) sends me spiraling, but keep going. I don't want to interrupt, but just know. (laughs) I'm just continuing down the spiral. It has not stopped. I'm just stuck in this little, this little circle. Um, you said that um, musicals aren't finished until you know there's there's an audience watching, you know. And it's uh, I always thought of book writing as one of the longest sort of art forms because I mean, with self publishing, it is a quicker process. But like compared to potentially a painting or something or like mm-hmm. a digital art that you share online, and it's sort of it's usually much faster. I hadn't mm-hmm. even thought about how much longer it would be. Uh, to write and create and produce a musical like that it just blows my mind so I always do this example I'm like people know Hamilton like Hamilton took Lin-Manuel Miranda like one person usually like a musical has a creative team so you'll have you can have one person kind of like me where you write every part so you're writing the script which is known as the book And the script doesn't have to have a lot of dialogue in it. It's just kind of the sequential order of scenes, but could be sung through completely. That's usually one person. Could be multiple people. You have one person writing music. Could be several people. You have one person writing lyrics. It could be like a huge, like maybe 10 person team. Like think about like the biggest hits on the billboard right now. The average number of writers is six writers for a three minute song. So if you're writing 25 songs, like it makes sense to have a team that big. But you have a show like Hamilton, which was written by one person from start to finish. It took Lin-Manuel Miranda seven years to write. Like, obviously, he had to eat. <laughs> like, the, the thing is, like, writing a musical is 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 very expensive because you have no money. Like, there is no money. There is no monetizing the process. I guess, am I monetizing the process? Right? Like, that's like a, like an ant, like a, almost like a solution to the problem. But it's like, there's no money until you put it on stage. Like, it's not even literally like, oh, the script is done. I could send it out. No, like you need a production to get producers to buy the rights. Like it's all of that. Like now you can like maybe put a cast recording on, on, on Spotify and get paid for streams, but you get paid like an eighth of a cent per stream. So it's like, you might not even rack up enough money to pay all the like studio engineers, the singers. I mean, you want to pay actors, right? You want to pay a cast, So it's theater is a lot of free work for nothing. But if you make it that big, right, you can like, it's, it's, (laughs) it's a very expensive, but very cheap, laborious, long process. You have to love it. That's it. That's the only thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously this podcast is for artists, but it's totally one of those things where like you don't get into art for the money. And that's true for everything, but I can definitely appreciate now how it's, you know, certainly not true for musicals or kind of that sort of performance art um that's wild I left the theater because I wanted to eat I think that's the thing that I that I want to like hey you in high school right now you're like I want to major in art um don't (laughs) I double majored in psych and theater and I haven't used my theater degree ever but I have used my psych degree to like get a job even even applying for like my podcast position, it was just like, it was the fact that I had a portfolio that like made me apply, but it was the fact that I had held a position at a company that made them be like, she's not a flake. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not saying like, oh, working at like Starbucks or something isn't, isn't that, but it's like, okay, maybe you're like me. Like I'm an immigrant. Um, I'm Hispanic. I'm poor. I'm definitely like very low income, like family. Like when I graduated from school, I was paying rent for my parents. Mm-hmm. So like, 
can I, can you make art under those circumstances? Or you're just trying at that point you're surviving. Now I'm like living, you know, I'm not, I'm not thriving because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not swimming in money where I don't have to worry about it, but I am living. Like my husband is very kind. He has a, a great job. I'm able to supplement the rest with what I do, but I get to do it in a way that really fulfills me. And that's something that took me into like my late twenties to figure out. And, and like 17 year old me really thought I was going to take theater by storm. You know what I'm saying? A poor girl with no dancing uh, lessons, no singing lessons for college. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's, it's those dreams. Part of me envies that kind of like blind faith. Cause like now I'm a lot more hesitant and in my brain about taking big risks at the same time though, boy, that I get battered down by it. So it's like, I would tell you if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to major in art to learn. There is nothing you can't learn on your own. I don't have a degree in music. I got paid by Kate to write the theme song. So (laughs) I highly recommend tutors. If you can afford to pay, I pay John $40 an hour once a week. That hour of instruction is the best money I spend all week, Mm -hmm. including like my favorite coffee place, my favorite restaurant, like (laughs) <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like there are different ways to learn now in the internet age that I didn't have when I was, oh my God, am I dating myself? I'm 28. Uh, I just turned 28. But it's like, you know, YouTube wasn't the thing that it was back then. Oh my God. I know. I think about that all the time. Um, yeah, it's so evident. I don't know why my example is like uh, women who are able to do uh, amazing makeup. Like makeup I know. I was like, oh we didn't know that. I know. Oh my God. Have you ever looked back at your high school photos? I just get sad at my prom picture. I'm like, who, who, who let me walk out with that? Island? Who? Yes. Yes. Oh my oh. God. The thick lines under the eye, like under oh the God. eyes. We under. were like, we don't want to look tired under the eyes, Kate. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I, uh, I like that, you know, your point about John acts, not just as like a teacher, a tutor, a mentor, but as, you know, like accountability buddy in some respects. Um, And I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes when I'm streaming, that is my accountability for the day, potentially, like, especially if you're showing your screen and you're like, this is me doing work. (laughs) If I didn't stream, I wouldn't write. That's yeah. That's the thing sometimes is like, when's it going to get done? Yeah. Like it's sad because like, you know, like sometimes I won't stream like today. Hi, chat. I lied about being sick because I didn't want to tell them I was, I was being with you. Oh, and then I wasn't my mom. So I was just a little bit tired. But I was just like, because like, you know, we meet at 1130. So I was like, 40, I'm like, I don't want to rush. I just wanted to talk to you because <laughs> meeting one of my idols or whatever. <laughs> um, but it's it's very interesting because it's like today I know I'm not going to write. It's Monday. It's like one of my writing days. Right. I have I have an outline due on Wednesday, by the way, where it's like, you know, I just finished writing the show and John's like, great. He cut it all in half, just gone. And he's like, you need to take these 30 scenes and you you get seven, make it yeah. work. And so it's like, now I have to figure out which songs I'm going to keep, what, what, what I'm keeping. That's still Wednesday. Like if I want, cause I want during, my God, this might date myself when like this comes out cause it might come out in April, right? But like during April, I want to start writing like kernels of songs. Where like I have a melody for each song in the show, which is more than I had for January's draft. I can't do that till I do an outline. And I would wait to do the outline literally till the 31st, if uh-huh. it was up to me. Right. But but John is like, you're paying me 40 bucks. I'm, I'm a cash in. So mm-hmm. you need to show up with an outline so you can get feedback because, it, again, I, I'm alpha readers, beta readers. Like I got so much feedback from those people. I can't imagine get a tutor. If you're looking to, if you, if you, if you have 40 bucks to spare a week and sometimes you don't, but if you do and you, and you're trying to get better at the craft, cause I feel like you can, you, anyone can write a story, but if you're looking to like get good at the craft of whatever it is you're doing, get someone to read and like tear up. I love John, but I was devastated when he tore it and he tore it apart. He read my, you know, 200, 200 page thing. And he's like, there's a lot of good here. Let's try focus. You know what I'm saying? It's devastating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I I wouldn't show up. I, I just know me. Like, I, it's the ADHD brain. If there isn't fear, why would I do it, right? It'll yeah. eventually get done when I'm 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need that. I need that jolt of oh, panic. Um, 
So could you take me on the process of writing a musical, like from the beginning? I know that's what your streams are all about, but like, what, what does that look like? It's so interesting. Okay. 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 So, um, I didn't even want to write a musical at first. Preface this. I'm a, I'm a singer songwriter by trade. I studied at the LA school of singer songwriter of songwriting. Um, shout out to Rob, really, really great independent school where you learn from working musicians. So that was always the thing I hated about school. Um, my theater professors were all old white men in their sixties who hadn't done an actual audition in 50 years. So like, what good are they to me? Especially when I look like I look and they look like they look, they just don't get the kind of like racism I would get walking into a, you know, into any audition room and they'd be like, you're Filipino, you're Armenian, no Jewish. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, mm-hmm. The ethnically ambiguous to a certain sect. So when I went to the songwriting school, I paid out of pocket a lot of money, but I studied with people who got paid to write music for billboard charts, like who got paid to teach music. You know, there's like a different level when there's really real money on the line. So I'd quit theater because I was just battered and abused. If you've ever done theater, you know what I'm saying. So I watched your blog. Started the whole process. Literally 2019, me watching your Harry Potter vlog <sighs> led to this. Like, I, I can't, like, write you out of the equation because it, it's <sighs> literally kind of what led to that. Uh-huh. And for a long time, I was writing an album of all my original stuff. And then out of that album, somebody was like, oh, man, it's really sounding like like a concept album. So if you know, like, pop stars will do, like, a, a you know, they'll do an album with singles that you know on the radio. But sometimes they'll t- try and tell a story. A musical is kind of the next level above that concept album, very loosely tied with maybe a theme. Halsey's really known for that kind of stuff, like Badlands and stuff like that. So I was recording an album and then I was like, you know what? Let me write a 10 minute musical because I, I want like a, I'm tired of having this fumbling project. I want a concrete project. I sent it off to a friend and she's like, I mean, this could be something. And then I started writing and I was like, okay, this idea is bigger than 10 minutes. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. That's the thing. It's like, first thing in in musical theater is admitting you have a blind spot. So it's like, I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, I went on Wiseant, which is a tutoring website. And I was like, I'm looking to learn music theory because I was like, maybe music theory can teach me what I need to do. So that's why I was looking for a tutor. And then John was like, you're writing a musical hit me up look at look at look at my website uh-huh. so i looked at this dude's website he won the jonathan larson award he's the guy who wrote rent so he won that award he studied with bmi which is something that i'm getting into next year he like all this stuff like the pedigree uh-huh. and he was in texas which was very funny i think you and him actually live close by i was about if to I- say <laughs> So we meet at the same time, like we're meeting now, actually. So I, I auditioned for him. He's like, okay, well, if you want to write a musical, like, like what exactly do you bring to the table? So I, I played a couple songs. He's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, this is good. You write well, you sing well. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was just going on vacation and he's just like, read Save the Cat, turn the story into something. Then I was reading a fanfic and I was like, you know what I love? I love coffee shops. So watching your video yesterday was like literally research. And then the name came to me. It's Café con Leche, which is uh, uh, coffee with milk. It's like a super common uh, Hispanic drink, but every every country does it different, which is what makes it really interesting. So the name of the show came first, and then it was literally that idea developing into, oh, I'm going to audition for the BMI Musical Theater Workshop in New York City, and I need a portfolio. And I have, it was May 25th when I started working on it it was due August 1st I had 10 weeks to write a portfolio and he's like do you have anything and I'm like no and then he like you know he like you know took notes on my audition catalog and I was like you know I write every song a week just for fun on YouTube like for content which is the content versus our conversation (laughs) and he's just like he does not understand the idea of content or internet you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I talk to him, I'm like, John, people know who you are because like I talk about you all the time. And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> he's not even like, he's like maybe 50, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. very young, but just not online. Um, and he's like, yeah, you can write a portfolio in 10 weeks. And then we had to come up with a story. It was like, 
I'm thinking coffee shop. I'm thinking uh, enemies to lovers. I'm thinking gay. I'm thinking mom. I'm thinking brown. And he's like, yeah, okay, let's go. And that's kind of how it went. And then I, I had my portfolio. I sent that out with three songs from the show. Like if I was going to pitch the show, which I have with three, I only have three songs and I've already pitched this show. It's not done. I have three uh-huh. songs and a prayer. I got in, I got to the audition round at the BMI musical theater workshop, but it's been delayed because coronavirus. Um, mm-hmm. So I was going to be moving to New York city to study musical theater from like the greats, right? Like this is where the guy who wrote the little mermaid, like that's his school. That's like the people who, this is like the people who write for Disney. Like the guy who wrote Frozen came from this school. Like that's kind of like the 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 group of people that you would be surrounding yourself with every week and you would be writing a musical and you have projects and producers come. Like that's how you get your, your show seen. And as someone with no connections, like that might be the only way, mm-hmm. right? Um, unless you're willing to pay to play, which is a whole other thing. So yeah, and then it's just kind of, and then he's like, okay, well, what are you going to do now that you've submitted? And I was like, well, I guess I could write a show. And he's like, well, duh. And so <laughs> then I, I, the thing about me is like, I need a deadline. So like after I was done with my, with my portfolio, I didn't need to do anything else. Cause like I had, all I needed to do was wait. Uh-huh. And then he was like, have you considered maybe looking for another thing to submit your project to like a, like a workshop. So you have your production, but you have your, the workshop stages where you meet with actors and they develop the show. Real people inhabiting the characters, not just like you, like writing dialogue in your brain, you know? And so I I'm I live in San Diego. And so there's uh, one of the great MFA programs for, for acting is like literally maybe 50 miles from me. And the summer that I was not working on a musical... I spoke to a dude at a fair and he's like, you should send your stuff. And I'm crying over a bowl of ramen, literally crying. I just submit the thing. I haven't slept in days because like both like the joy of finishing the anxiety of waiting. I'm literally mm-hmm. crying over a ramen bowl. My yeah. husband sitting in front of me, we're just eating our ramen. Again, it's a public restaurant. So, like <laughs> I am crying at a public restaurant. It's not like it wasn't cried or anything. And my husband goes, have you considered applying for that San Diego thing from like a couple years ago? And then like, then I had a new deadline for December. And then now I've been waiting for three months to hear back. But now I'm like, okay, well, now I, now if I hear back and they want something, I don't have anything. You have a new deadline. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> it's like a hope and a prayer. It's like, holy shit, I need to get this done as I wanted to get it done during NaNoWriMo, but then whole thing happened in my personal life, which you know, because we were emailing literally that yeah. long ago. But yeah. it's like, you know, it's like a lie in a prayer. That's theater. It's just like, I have three, and I sent my pitch of three songs and I sent my idea for the script and that's all I had at the time. Like now at least I have like a, a script, you know, by the end of April, hopefully I'll have more you know right but it's just like that's that's kind of the process of writing a musical it's just like you you think you're gonna write like a 10 minute piece (laughs) and then you write like a three-hour monstrosity Uh uh (laughs) that was so long-winded i'm i am not succinct can you tell (laughs) no it's perfect Uh, i I feel like i'm getting like so much good information it's wonderful Um, I will say that back on the content versus art thing, uh, one of my favorite things though is when I would be on Twitch and I would see your, uh, like the title of your stream pop up mm-hmm. and it would be like, um, three days until the, de- like the deadline yeah. or something. I was like, that is such a, like, I'm, it's not clickbaity because it's exactly what it was, but it was like, oh, I want to see her get this done in three days. <laughs> like I thought, I always thought it was so genius. So anyway, I keep thinking, I'm like, I need to submit to like some competitions and just to have that too. I'm like, mm, I'm surprised you haven't. Uh, I mean, I know it's rare that you share your, your writing online, which honestly I find kind of appalling because not only do I think you have a great, like loyal built-in audience, um, of people who genuinely like you. I feel like I would just read whatever you wrote regardless. So, and I think maybe that's something again, just from watching your videos, which is a different persona from like who you actually are, but I think there's there's maybe this fear of like, well, people are going to read it because of me rather than like for the quality of the writing, which I think as like, you know, an outside perspective, if you're interested, um, I remember maybe a year or two ago, you shared a short story. It was about the Ferris wheel and she was in this um, 
I can't remember the word. And it's, you know, it's a fair, a fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved it. And then oh. I read the short story where I wrote the song for your, for your, the elbow, uh, uh, bake off. And I loved it. I think about that story all the time, especially oh. the ending. I find it so, I'm like, okay, so when can I actually read this? Like, when am I going to yeah. actually read the thing? And I think it's really interesting that, that you want to separate the art and the content so much that I feel like. I'm like, I'm like, I would already pay for a book no matter what it was, but I've also read your work, which means yeah. that, which means that there is this, I think this maybe value that you don't know that you have, but it's like, there is this, like, you have a great voice. I think your dialogue's super snappy. And I love the way I say you, I, you say you have troubles with names, but I think every name you pick is actually good. Um, <laughs> and, and I find a lot of your world building really exciting. So I think. I don't know. Maybe this is this is my little pep. Talk. Don't don't hold back. No, it was a book, I, please. I'm desperate. I have I, I have I have followed Project Death since you started doing it in 2019. It's been three yeah. years. I've been wanting yeah. to read that book for three fucking years. <laughs> I will say it is getting like close-ish. I think this year will be the year that I'll probably try. See, but Project Death, I want to query. I think, which then makes the I process think you even should. longer. Uh, yeah, I but. mean, that's the thing. I feel like you could. I, okay, this is what I admire about you. I think that you could absolutely self-publish, and I think you could make good coin. And I think the fact that you don't is almost like you care. Not not okay. Disclaimer here: not saying that people who self. I know authors are. I'm not in this world. I'm the black sheep here, um, <laughs> but I know people who self-publish are. I feel like maybe they're less. And I disagree because I love self-published books. I'm like gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think there is this whole thing of like trying to go into the lion's den to have a, a, a force bigger than yourself look at you and read your work and be like, I see you. There is something about that that I think everyone strives for. And I think it's really brave. Oh, well, thank you, Micah, because I did need that pep talk. It is something that I have been like, just, it, it's a constant struggle in my brain since spiraling is like my favorite hobby. Um, I am curious, Um, you have uh, your YouTube channel, mm-hmm. your Twitch channel. You mm-hmm. have, um, you make TikToks, which is literally, I have the, uh, I have your alerts on for TikTok because you're the that's only, so- like, that and Hollow Taco. I think I told you that, but, like, that's yeah. all I <laughs> Do you have a preferred, like, social media app of those? Yes, sort of I do. Or- okay. I do, I do. So I loved TikTok, and then they did an update where the editing feature deleted, like, one of the most pivotal things that happened in December, where it was, like, where I was, like, submitting and I wanted to keep because like I have like a very I don't have a, a functioning like working memory and um, um, like I remember things once they happen but like if I'm working on a big project and I need to know what I was feeling last week I will literally watch my vlog because I do not remember I just remember the feeling of like sadness but I need specifics right because like I watch Willisimo's vlog and she did this outline thing I completely forgotten that I wanted to do an outline because again no memory Watch the video back. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta DM that her to get that outline. Cause I, you know, it's like, that's why I vlog. So when TikTok did that update, I stopped doing it because I, I just, I couldn't afford to lose the content on, cause it, it hosts it on the platform. Whereas like on YouTube, you're recording on your phone or like on a, on a camera. So it's like different. So that's what drove me back to YouTube this year. Cause like I needed to be able to like see the thing. Twitch is my preferred platform. Not only because I can list everything I do, I have like, it's almost like a website. You can go on there, read what I'm working on, read what it means, see my process. You can see my VOD, like everything's there. But also the live audience is why I show up because people hold me accountable. They're my writing partners, but also like I, I write theater. Like I need people to tell me like if a joke is funny or not. I need people to tell me if it hits or not. And so like, you know, for a lot of like my submission month of December, it was just me playing demos where it's like, okay, I just finished recording all the, all the demos. I'm singing all the parts. I need to know if these harmonies work play mm-hmm. like, and I need to know, do you think this is funny? These are the lyrics. Do you think they're funny? Do you think they hit? Or, or it's like, I wrote a love ballad. Do you think they're in love? Like, that's kind of the thing that you can't get that from like five people like you know I send it to my friends and they're like yes it works but like having a stranger online 
and a lot of them are regulars now. So it's like, I, I especially value regulars opinions who have seen the project grow, but it's like having maybe a stranger show up one day and you're playing something or you're reading something and then being like, yes, that bit of dialogue works. And I know I can keep that because it's almost like having like a trial audience, like a trial run. So Mm -hmm. Twitch is my preferred platform. One, because it's the one that makes me money, but two, because, um, (laughs) making money, making art. Um, but two, because I think to pivot back to the art versus content thing, I really struggle with what is art and what is content. And I feel like on Twitch at the end of the day, I'm, I'm streaming myself making art. So I could take the stream away and the art would still exist. Mm-hmm. Whereas like sometimes I'll make a YouTube video because something's due on Wednesday and I have to post that day. And that was something I struggled with before. And so I wasn't making art. I was making content. I was making a commentary video. I was making, and I was taking time out of the time that I could be making what I want to make to mm-hmm. make something that I thought people wanted to watch, which is a different thing. So it's, is, is are my views on, on my channel way lower than they were when I was making like experiments? Like I made a Doty experiment and she saw it. She commented on it. Shut up. You can go in the comments. She like did a whole I life commenting of the video. And she's like, I didn't even know I wrote like that. So it's like, I've had videos. I mean, that's my portfolio. So that's why I saved that up there. Cause I send that to potential people who are like, this is how I can mix music. I can do it fast. Yep. But like now I'm like, if 50 people watch my YouTube video, that's fine because like, or 30 people or 20 people, because like at the end of the day, I'm literally watching it back because I need to know what I did last week. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I like about YouTube too is, and why I started making writing vlogs is I was like, I was making them for myself first. Mm -hmm. I have a similar thing where, because the process can be so long, you Mm -hmm. sometimes forget like when you've had an epiphany and also why you had it and like the stuff that led up to it. And like, sometimes it's nice for me to go back and look like, okay, I've been having this issue for like actually a couple months now. Like sometimes I won't realize how long something's been bothering me in my story until I'm like, oh no, I said that for the first time here. Okay, so this is where maybe I need to backtrack. And yeah, Yeah, it's exactly, exactly the thing. Like it's having like a record and it's like notes don't even do it for me because like I have to read and like remind myself of like the tone and context but having the video like oh it's the date the time my face tells me a lot of stuff that I might not remember from like reading a, a like a you know because I have notes from alpha readers or whatever but it's like oh it's like that big moment where you had the epiphany I gotta cut this character uh-huh. and it's just like why did I need to cut them again and then I'm you know I and I and then I spend time thinking about salvaging them when I made the decision weeks ago to cut it, but I just forgot. Yeah. Yep. And so yep. it's like you're retracing your steps. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think writing vlogs are my favorite thing to watch because I love watching people discover what, yes. what it is that they want to do. Do you have any other bits or pieces like tips or tricks for people? Things you want to chat about? Anything okay, like that? Okay. I have, I have, I have. I, 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 the one thing I want to do was give you the pep talk to please, to please publish. That was like my one. It's like, oh, I agreed to this interview. I'm here to do a, 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 a Uno reverse card moment. You uh, did. To get her to... Well played. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you are, if you are doing a podcast, okay, you don't need a new microphone. Check your levels on your actual microphone and just record yourself and hear it back. I promise you, you can start with whatever gear you've got, especially if you're making music or anything. You don't need to get new gear because I think, and especially even when I started, there's a, a big thing of like, I can match the quality if I have the gear. You cannot match the quality. It, that just comes with time and practice and there's no way of rushing that. I have tried to rush. I have, I've tried to speed run everything in this process and It's going to be in two months. It's going to be a year of working on it. And I feel no closer, even though like a year ago, I, I looking, I, if a year ago now I, I would see myself, I would be like, oh my God, somebody paid you to write music. Crazy. (laughs) Um, and also like you have a musical, like 200 pages, you know, it's something that I would have never considered possible. So, but I couldn't rush it in, in, in nine months or whatever. Um, I'm trying to think what are what is a plaguing question? Okay. How how did your parents feel about you like choosing this route? Cuz like for me, 
you know, I had a very, very serious corporate job. I was a data analyst at a hospital. Like I was yeah. like working with patients and then and doing like that kind of like the math side of that side. And then I was going to grad school. Like mm-hmm. I was getting my degree in um, uh, healthcare management, which my sister has, by the way, like, you know, my sister's a master's graduate and I don't have anything. So it's like, especially, uh-huh. <laughs> it's especially like something that comes up in conversation and, and you have siblings. So yeah. I'm interested to know how you walk that line. Cause like, for example, I was doing my degree in, in um, engineering and mixing and then the pandemic happened and I had to just, cause you can't, you can't work at a studio over this. You have to yeah. be plugging in. You have to hear the acoustics in the room. You just can't. And I wasn't going to pay for that. Right. Yeah. So then pivoted to this. I did my audition in New York. I did not tell my mom. I lied to her for my entire preparation because I couldn't talk to her until I had something in my hand. Mm. And, you know, my mom really envisions New York as like the ultimate pinnacle of success. Um, she's Chilean. So like Chileans don't really like LA. They, they really like New York. So it's like, when I told her, like, mom, I got this audition for New York, which has been delayed, like, forever for the pandemic. Yeah. But, like, if I get it, I, I, I'm, i like, the BMI building is right next to the ten, Twin Towers. And that's where I get to learn musical theater from, like, the guy who wrote The Little Mermaid. Like, you know, like, that is, like, a real, just getting that far from the biggest class that's ever auditioned to get the thing with just demos is something that I can show her, like, this is a... A progress, you know, because you were right, in school. It's real. You, it's tangible. It's exactly, happening. Because you're in school, yeah. you have a medal. You get a certificate when you graduate. Uh-huh. Whereas, like when you, whereas like when you're older, you don't really have those measures of success, those markers. So, like this yeah. was almost like a marker that I was able to show her, and that calmed her down a little bit. And now she'll ask me about my musical once in a blue moon instead of pretending that I, you know, she'll be like, if we go back to Chile, you can teach music. Whereas like before, she would be like, if you go back, if we go back to Chile you can work at a hospital. You know what I mean? It's those little right. pivots where I'm just like, yeah. oh, so how do you like tell, tell your family? Cause you went way earlier than me into this. Right. I, I'm fortunate that my parents had a career shift in their lives uh, when they were, I mean, they were both engineers and then shifted over to be psychologists. So it's definitely not the same thing. Oh my they weren't God. Just, like, going into of art. course your parents are psychologists. You are I so well adjusted. <laughs> But uh, so I think they kind of understood when um, after I just I don't think I was happy at any time that I was doing the corporate stuff, to be honest, like a lot yeah. of fun. My coworkers were amazing. Like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, have a finance background. I genuinely enjoyed that part of it. The actual environment and the job and yeah. all the extra hours, like none of it was working for me. And so I told them, I think from like the, at the end of my first year doing it and like every year after that that I was like I think I'm just gonna quit and one day I was literally just like I've had enough and I quit <laughs> and with no plans to do really anything else um I was just like I can't I don't know I had like a year uh of savings where yeah, I was like I can just live in my apartment and like be a hermit for a year here and like I'll be okay you know in a year I'll figure it out um and so I was lucky that my parents were like, well, no, you can just move back in with us. And that was kind of an adjustment. You take a little bit of a hit to your pride. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it was but like that. What a privilege that is still to be able to live with them. And like, you know, I didn't have to pay rent. I, you know, you have to pay for other stuff. But it's like, you know, so uh, I think my mom was supportive the entire way through. My dad was supportive in his own way. But like it helped him when um, my parents will read my work. Um, so whenever I have something to give them, uh, that really helps them a lot too. And then I think the first couple of times I got like freelancing jobs and I got to tell them like, by the way, I'm just, I'm doing this thing. And like, you know, it's like, it's real. It is tangible. Like that's yeah. the kind of thing that, and People then actually read what I write. Not just my Yeah, exactly. Pick. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's happening. It's fine. Uh, and it's interesting because with YouTube, my dad didn't understand it for the longest time until, uh. I got a check from YouTube, kind of like oh my God. So you have to re- reach the yeah. payout kind of thing. And he's like, you can make money from this. And I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, not a lot of money, but like, yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> and he was like, huh. And then from then on, it was kind of like, and then your dad like, was like, put me in your videos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, it is my time to shine. I think he was just like, okay, I trust that she'll figure it out. Is basically like where he moved to. So. 
<laughs> That's so, I, I find your parents so cute. My very interesting. Cause like my, you know, my parents had a profession in Chile and then they had a career change of literally leaving the country and coming here and like having to learn to adjust to like a whole new world and language, which I find it's, it's, it's so, even though we have like very different lives, it's still so similar, like how much things are. Cause like my parents were supportive in their own way, but they, the first thing that they wanted was like, is she going to make it? Is she, yeah. is she going to be safe? And my mom was just, cause for us, at least in like, you know, the old style, like my mom's from the old country. And I say that cause my mom like lived in Chile for 40 years and then came here. It's not like, you know, where, where you're Chicano or like me, like I grew up here. So like, I have a very different view of like what my kids should do, but she's very much like you live with me till you get married. So having independence in college and then coming back home. Yeah. Hit to your pride, baby. Like, but then I got married and she's like, my daughter's married. No, you know, she's too young to get married. I'm like, mom, I'm 24. I'm not too young to get married. So it's, it's, it's very interesting because like, she was very adamant that I was like, you have to be able to do it on your own. Like, don't have any man take care of you, which is very ironic for me now. Um, but like, I definitely had that before I got married where I was like, okay, I proved to her that I could do that. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to go make music. Sorry, mom. I love you. I'm married to love of yeah. my life now. You know? So it's, it's, it's funny how like culturally, like, I mean, we're night and day, but it's still so much of that same feeling of like, is, is she going to be okay? Can you let all of us know where we can find you online? All right. Name's Maiga Vidal, which is short for Margarita, like a margarita, which is very, very funny. Um, but it's spelled M-A-I-G-A-V-I-D-A-L. And you can find me at Maiga Vidal, literally everywhere online. I'm on Twitter. On If you want to see my chaotic ramblings, go to Twitter. If you want to see me actually work on something and you want some writing sprints or just some productivity time or just hanging out, come on Twitch. You want to watch the thing, go to my vlogs on, on YouTube. All my TikTok vlogs are there as well. Um, yeah. I mean, Twitch is, is four days a week, every week, day in, day out until this thing's done. Um, so yeah, <laughs> come hang out with your girl. Uh, but more importantly, uh, bully Kate into uh, releasing a book for us, please. Um, I, I just, I want to take this moment and I'm, I'm sure everyone else has done this to just like, you do so much, like, again, very niche community, but you do so much to elevate everyone. Um, I think a lot of people don't take the time to do that. And I think uh, you should get your flowers while you're still here. And while you're still like, what you're, what you're still doing is, is great. And you should hear it while it's happening because <sighs> you should having allies is hard and it's a hard thing to do so like having someone do that is is good and and i'm i'm really thankful for what you do and i just wanted to let you know in person in real time and i hope this makes it in because um i know a lot of people feel like this and especially like you i we were maybe maybe acquaintances and you like rated me a couple times on twitch and you like put me as like one of your future streamers it literally changed like my streaming possibilities over there. Yeah. You didn't have to do any of that. Like you didn't have to do any of that. And so I pay that forward as much as I can too. And I think everyone should as well, but like, yeah, gotta no. give it to you while you're still here and while people can listen, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so now oh. you can cut. <laughs> as I'm sure you can tell, I had an absolutely phenomenal time chatting with Micah. I definitely needed her pep talk and has stayed with me. <laughs> And it was just so cool to chat with someone who I've watched online, you know, who I've watched create songs and story and so much more and get to hear the process from her point of view. You know, it's just so interesting to see it from an outsider's perspective, but then to get to hear more was a joy for me. And I especially love her point about making theater more accessible from the inside out. Uh, I think that's such a great mission And I feel like I learned so much more about the creation and the creation of musicals from her. I had no idea. I really had no concept of how long it took and her point about musicals not being finished until it's produced in a theater for a paying audience and, you know, how it's really a labor of love for so long and the struggle of needing to pay your actors and your singers and, you know, recording engineers and all sorts of stuff if you, if you want to try and have something to show and it's, 
yeah, it's just so wild to me. I, I knew nothing about that world. And it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, the more I know, the more I realize how little I know, but in a wonderful way, in a way that I'm inspired to, uh, to research some more about it. It was also really cool to hear about her relationship with her tutor and the worldwide write-a-thon just happened this weekend. And it's something that's been kind of ruminating in my brain a little bit about this idea of having an accountability buddy, an accountability buddy that I meet with weekly. Um, I've tried it a little bit vaguely in the past, uh, not in a way where we ever drew up a contract. And I'm almost wondering if that might be the key is to like have something in writing, even if it's just with a friend to be like, okay, we will do this every single week and we will hold each other accountable and I will be here to push you. And yeah, I think I think that would really help me. I do have a critique partner and we're going to be meeting up to chat about our stories soon. So, so maybe I can pose it to her. <laughs> but I do think that's going to be it for this episode. If you'd like to easily find Micah online, I will have linked her work and social media in the show notes. And if you'd like to support this podcast or recommend an artist for me to interview, you can find us at ko-fi.com. That's K-O-F-I.com slash making money, making art, or reach out on the making money, making art Instagram page. As always, you can find me at K- Kavanaugh writes on YouTube, Twitch, and Instagram, and my website is readwriteroom.blog. The music for Making Money Making Art was created by the amazingly skilled and talented Micah Vidal, and I will see you all next week. Happy creating! Making money, making art. Isn't it funny how hard it is to start? Making money, making art, but you're not.